Hey guys, it's Ed. I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And another day, more drama. Um, so back in October um, slash November-ish, if you'll recall, I wrote The Kelly Claps. Um, it was actually Will's very first... Um, and entrance into the drop gossip world um he he bid read the book for me made some edits sent it back to me and helped me get it published in a relatively short amount of time um which is why i knew he he had to be um part of our family and since then um my dear friend meredith has kept me in the loop um, with Megan Kelly's stories. And I'm sure she's going to put this one on my Facebook, if she hasn't already. I haven't been on Facebook yet um, to see. Uh, but Megan Kelly is allegedly eyeing a comeback, a, a television comeback in October, in order to be a part of the 2020 elections. There's... Uh, there's rumors, which I think are actually coming from Kelly and her camp, that she's writing a tell-all book. Now, I can already hear people asking me, why would she write this? Or why would, why would her camp be putting out these, these rumors? The answer is very simple. What they would want to do put out the rumors, see what kind of interest they got. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and guess two things here. First, this tell-all book that she's allegedly wanting to write. Not gonna be about NBC because she signed a non-disparaging um, contract with them, which means she can't go trashing them. And if she does, she's gonna have to pay a heavy, heavy, heavy penalty. The second thing is, no one wants to read this book. She's, I don't think she's quite as toxic as she was back in October when she was fired. And I don't even think she was really that toxic then, to be honest. I think they were looking for a reason to get rid of her, and she handed it to them. And frankly, I think she was looking for a way out. May and Kelly is a lot of things, and and a lot of bad things can be said about the woman, but she's not stupid. She knew that her talk show was not doing well in the ratings. It doesn't take a genius. The level of rating she had was probably comparable to what she got over on Fox News, but... There's a big difference between being on a major network like NBC and being on a cable show. Or, yeah, and being on a cable network like Fox News. There are different rating standards that are used. And while she, while her show on Fox um, was a tentpole and helped prop up other shows... Her show over on NBC 
was a, a weight. It was dragging other shows down with her. And this isn't a conservative versus liberal thing. I think it has more to do with the type of programming um, that's that's aired. Morning shows, by and large, are light and fluffy. The Oh My God Girl, Can You Believe This? Yes, they're new shows, but they're delivered just like I deliver drunk gossip to you guys. Like, okay, we're all friends here. Like, do-do-do-do-do. I think she would have been better suited for a um, nighttime show or, you know, put her on a dateline. Put her on... um, I I thought they had another news magazine. I know they tried to create one for her. Um, But put her on a news show, like a hard news show, and I would bet money that those ratings would have been terrific. Hell, put her over on MSNBC... Uh, um, on after Rachel Maddow, boom. MSNBC would have blown up and it, her contract would have been worth it. And, and that's just the truth of the matter. Um, again, I'm not... I I don't personally like Megyn Kelly. I don't think um, her style fits with with the way I like my news delivered. But to be frank... Barbara Walters is the only news anchor I've ever really liked. Um, I mean, David Muir is. But um, I don't really watch your news. I read, I read the Times, the New York Times. I read um, New York Daily News. And I read blogs. That's how I get my news. Um, as far as why Megyn Kelly is choosing October for a comeback... I don't have proof of this, but I'm going to venture a guess that, it again, it has to do with her contract with NBC, stating that she can't appear on television um, until a certain date, probably sometime in October, probably very close to the one-year mark of her firing. Uh, it has nothing to do with the actual election, because if she wanted to be in on the election, um, she would probably want to be on TV this summer. Uh, the source said that she, that Megyn Kelly's enjoying life and, and, you know, taking cooking classes and whatever. No, that was just to endear her to people. Megyn, first of all, she just got paid $30 million for not working. So someone please pay me $30 million not to work. Please. (laughs) Um, um. The other thing I want to point out here is, again, her comeback is going to be fairly easy. Um, I'm, I'm going to guess that she's, if Fox sticks to what they say, that they're happy with their lineup, she's going to end up at Glenn Beck's The Blaze. Um, and I'm guessing that because she's a big, bold name. And right now they're they're starved for big names. Um, they were so desperate they hired Tommy Laren, which don't get me started. I'm gonna go and I will be right back. And I'm back. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but last week we had an exclusive Megan McCain scoop um, that 
she is heading towards the exit door on the view. And um, in, in that, the march towards the exit door continues. Um, she's been very explosive. And some people are like, oh, she's just trying to make headlines. I don't think so. If someone's trying to make headlines, um, they don't, they don't double down on things that we already know that they believe. They'll say something outrageous or really far-fetched. Um, and some people, some people are pushing back saying, oh no, Megan's not going to be fired, they love her. I don't think that's true. So, in the latest um, example of what's happening with her, and keep in mind, this is the same thing that kind of happened with Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Um, it happened with Sherry Shepard. It happened with Jenny McCarthy. Um, they all got really combative towards the end of their ten years. Um, so basically, this is what happened. Whoopi has been out sick. Joy has been the moderator. <clears throat> and they were um, they were talking about late-term abortions. Um, and they were talking about a bill that was blocked by um, by Democrats. Now, this doesn't actually make sense to me, and I have to do some more research in, searching into it, because Republicans control the Senate. They don't need Democrat votes in order to pass a bill. Now, in order to... Um, if we're talking about the House, that's different, but we're, we're talking actually about the Senate here. And Meghan McCain went off. Saying that it's infocide and, you know, these are wrong and that the Democrats will never take back the White House um, by supporting infocide. And when Sonny Hostin tried to actually explain what really happened, Megan wouldn't let her get in a word edgewise. So Joy sent the show to commercial and when they came back, Sonny was able to explain that the reason why it was blocked is not because Democrats support emphasize, but there's already a law stating what this new law said. That there, there are already criminal punishments put in place if a doctor doesn't um, revive a, a baby that survives a botched abortion. And Megan just really doubled down and called it emphasize. And tried to make a point to which Joy just shot her down and said, we're not talking about that anymore. We're talking about the Kardashians now. Um, and that's not, that's not the only example, though. On Monday's show, they opened talking about the Academy Awards. Now, this is not a big surprise. Every year in The View's history... They have opened the Monday after the Academy Awards talking about the award show. 
were they happy? Were they mad? Were they whatever? So this is, I mean, this is a topic. First of all, the the first segment is called Hot Topics for a reason because it's what's on the country's mind, allegedly. Um, and you know, Joy admitted to falling asleep, um, while watching. Um, Sunny said that she she didn't like not having a host. Abby Huntsman, the other conservative on the on the panel, said she didn't actually mind not having a host, and she she fully expects um, other award shows to follow suit. And then she she shot it over to Megan because Megan has complained loudly that she's always the last one to speak. And she got really snotty and petulant and was like, I, I had to ask to make sure that it was okay for me to say that I fell asleep watching. Like, okay, child. Mm-mm, no. You, if you are this unhappy on a show, leave now. Yes, you're going to get a breach of contract suit, but... You are not doing yourself any favors, and you're not doing your co-host and your colleagues any favors. You're acting like a spoiled diva, and you gots to go. And I'm going to be blasted for saying that, but it's true. If this was Joy Behar or Whoopi Goldberg or Sunny Hostin or um, Paula Ferris or even Abby Huntsman... People would be blasting them for the diva-like behavior. I don't know why they think it's okay for Megan McCain to act like that. And again, I've actually met Megan McCain. I think she's a wonderful person um, from from what I know of her in real life. Like, the very short interaction she and I had, she seemed like a nice person, a great person. So I don't know if she's still grieving her father or maybe there's um, something else that's happening um, that's just weighing on her mind. Um, but as I told you guys, like I heard, I heard straight from people who work at ABC Studios. That she's on her way out. The producers are not happy with her. And I think what we're seeing here is the culmination of this. Um, I think with with the co-hosts of The View, at, at, at the very least, we do see them become more combative because they know they're on their way out. And I think that there's a little bit of a want of... Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, and I, I really don't know what the, what the great way to say this is. I think what they want here is uh, headlines, uh, definitely headlines, to carry with them, keep their names in the press, and so they can say, "This is why I got fired." Like, I can totally see her saying, you know, I blasted them. I blasted Democrats for saying that this was emphasized. 
And the view fired me for that, and that's why I lost my job. There, there will be no talk of how her Q rating sucks. There will be no talk of how, you know, she's being combative and nasty and trying to make it the Megan McCain show. It will be because she is pro-life. Forgetting to mention that, so is Sonny Haston and Abby Huntsman. So Megan's going to be shown the door. And I'm going to show myself the door just for a second, though, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And this is going to sound really braggy, and I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not. <laughs> so remember, like, in the, this is a follow-up to an exclusive. Um, this one happened, like, a month or so ago. When Kathy Lee announced that she was leaving today in April... And I said that she would, um, they were going to replace her with um, Gina Bush Hager. And again, people thought, oh, you know, what do you know? You're just a, a, a gossip podcaster. You don't have... Yes, I have sources. I, I have people who I... First of all, living in New York, you overhear everything. Um... There are rumors about everybody here. Um, I know people who have met Katie Holmes. Um, a guy I liked last year actually was waited on her in a vegan restaurant that she went to. Um, I met Joshua Jackson. Hit on him. Didn't realize who he was until it was too late. And then was embarrassed that I hit on Joshua Jackson. (laughs) That's a story I'm going to say for later. For the record, he was very, very gracious about it. He was so kind and not at all douchey. Which makes me happy that I'm a fan of his. Um, You know, Tina Fey lives... um, Five blocks down from my old apartment. Hoda lived... Three or four blocks from He Who Must Not Be Named. Which is... All this is to say is... It... New York City is teeming with celebrities and people talk. Um... And so... I had told you guys before that... Kathy Lee didn't leave of her own volition. Of course, they're going to make it look like she did. And, you know, no one's ever going to contradict. Um, no one's ever going to contradict her leaving on her own accord. Because it doesn't behoove them to. She did them a huge favor by helping launch the fourth hour today. And then staying on. Um, and guiding the ship. For the last 15 years. So, you know, it's not like they're party on bad terms, but they really did want to young down the show. And so when they announced today that Jenna uh, Bush Hager was going to be taking over for Kathy Lee, I was, it was just that moment of validation. Like, um, I don't know if anyone here besides me used to read Deadline when Nikki Fink. Um, was in charge, but she used to have this really combative style of 
rating and whenever she got a scoop and she was really blasted or called a liar for it and it turned out that she was right, the headline would read, told ya, T-O-L-D-J-A, and then whatever the headline was. And that's really, really what I wanted to do. I'm, I obviously I'm not going to because this is a podcast and, and I don't feel the need to, um, be validated that way. Um, even though I did feel very validated when, when the news came out. Some people are saying, oh, you know, it's not really that big of a surprise. Jenna has been, um, filling in for Kathy Lee quite a bit. Um... She fills in for Hoda. And, you know, she's a very big part of the Tate family. All of that is very true. But they, I think... The logical thing for them to do would have been to leave her in the third hour of today. Uh, if they weren't trying to young down the audience for the fourth hour... Kathy Lee is pushing 60, I believe, if not 60. Jenna is 37. So the 37 falls right into the usual desired demographic. And um, the new demo is usually like 25 to 54. So she's like right in the middle there. Um, she's old enough to have the experience, young enough for, um, millennials and younger people to, to give a damn. And unlike Megan Kelly, she has a bubbly personality and she can, she can do both the, um, fluffy celebrity interviews that are required of a um, daytime talk show hostess and she can do the hard news that's a very very rare combination um, the only other one the only other people who have that ability that come to my mind at this point Barbara Walters um, Barbara was very very good at that in fact I would I would argue she was probably the best um I, there were there was another name at the tip of my head and Katie Herrick. Um Katie wasn't quite as good as as Barbara, but she was she was still very good at it. Um and as much as as much as I love Cassie Lee, I um I I actually think that the today's um the fourth hour of today wouldn't have been a success without her. Uh, it, it, it's very evident why they paired her with the newswoman. Kathy Lee is the light and fluffy. Hoda was the serious journalist. I think now they can kind of pull back and um, Jenna can do more of the heavy lifting because Hoda is also the um one of the two main anchors for the um four hour today broadcast so that poor woman gets up at like three o'clock in the morning gets to the studio gets makeup 
and is in her seat by five o'clock, and she's on the air until nine o'clock, maybe gets an hour or two break where she probably has her makeup reapplied, and then she has to go do another hour of television. I do not envy Hoda. Um, we're barreling towards Kathy Lee's final days um, as the fourth hour of today's co-anchor. Which, it, no matter how you feel about the woman, it's going to be sad. It's going to be the end of an era because, you know, she she was on Regis and Kathy Lee for 15 years. Which, and there's something about this woman in 15 years, like... I don't know what it is, but every time she hits the 15-year mark, she either loses her job or she quits. Speaking of, I just hit the 8-minute mark, so I'm going to quit this segment, and I will be right back with a new one. And I'm back. So I want to try a new segment called Drunk Encounters. I don't know how it's going to work, if you guys are even going to like it. Um, But as I mentioned before... New York is teeming with celebrities and celebrity gossip, which is part of the reason why I wanted to be here because um, at one point in my life, I had aspirations to work uh, with a tabloid. And then I launched Generation Gossip. And I will always be very fond of my my very first gossip blog because... It taught me everything I know. Um, And then I launched Trunk Gossip. So, these Trunk Encounters will be stories of me running into celebrities. And I already have so many of them. Um, This first one I'm going to tell you is just very sweet because... And I'm sure I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again because I just love it so much. And it really warms my heart. So, I was working at a museum. For those of you who know me, you know what museum. We all call it the museum. If you look up the hashtag museum life, you can probably decipher um, which one it is. Um, oh, screw it. It was the American Museum of Natural History. Um, I was, one day I was working at one of the special exhibits, uh, I believe it was pterosaurs, and Idina Menzel walked up, and she wanted to see the exhibit, and I had to explain to her that, you know, you had to pay for it, and she's like, oh, but I'm a member, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, but you you still need to take it, like. And I wasn't trying to be like a douchebag or a dick, even though I realized that I'm coming across that way. It was more of a. You know, this is my job. Like, I'm. This is why they put me here. Um, and while I had access to the ticketing system. My department didn't have access to the membership department stuff. So it was very difficult for us to maneuver and get that sort of stuff done. 
and I'm dying inside because I'm telling Elphaba no. And I just want to cry because I love her and, you know, I don't want her to be disappointed. I want her to have a great experience, but I'm also supposed to be doing my job. And, um, and for her part, Idina Menzel was 100% gracious. And she probably, if you, if I went up to her and told her the story, she probably would have no idea. She'd be like, "Mm mm-hmm, okay. Um... The reason why, because she runs into fans all the time. You know, she's she's an A-list celebrity. I, I really don't expect her to remember me. Um, but so I... Eventually I was just like, you know what? I'm not supposed to do this, but go ahead and go in. And she just looked at me and she's like... You're fangirling, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, do you want a hug? And so we hugged. And this was, um, she might have been going through the divorce from Tay Diggs at the time. And, but I mean, she was just so wonderful about everything. Um, she left me a great review um, with my bosses, which made me feel really good. Um, and I was just like, oh. Wow, like, because, you know, you hear horror stories of meeting your, meeting celebrities, meeting people you love. Um, There's one in particular um, I'll tell you about in a future segment where she was just a bitch. And... I mean, and I still love her, like, I still watch her show, I, you know, I, um, I, cause I can separate the actress from the person, but it was, for me, it was like this whole convalescing moment of, oh my god, like, Idina Menzel is actually... A sweet in person as she appears to be in interviews and um, throughout the press. You know, I'm very sad I never got to see her in Wicked because I would have loved that. I would have loved to have seen her and Christian Chenoweth duet together. It would have been just so fabulous. Um, and, and Christian Chenoweth is one I haven't met yet, and I'm really hoping at some point I do, because, um, again, she just seems like the type of person who would be wonderful to meet, and I, and I really do hope I'm right, um, everything I've read about her from people who have actually met her in real life all say that, yes, she's very sweet. I you know I and I've always been kind of curious about the rivalry the alleged rival rivalry and feud between Idina and Kristen, um, but that's something that I'm gonna have to do a deep dive on, uh, and that'll happen in the future, like when I actually have time to do some research, and not torture poor Will with this, uh, but yeah, Idina Menzel was so lovely. 
and I and I got to hug her. That was like the whipped cream on top of the cherry on top of the sundae. Just this whole thing, like you know, I'm fangirling again, so I gotta go. But yes, I met Idina Menzel. She's she's a lovely, lovely, lovely person, and. Oh, it's just so thrilling. I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, I was trying to avoid doing a Jesse Smollett um, segment because, frankly, I didn't think there was enough information, but I was wrong. Um, so here is our first Jussie Smollett segment of the week. And I'm sure that there's, there's going to be more. Um, Terrence Howard over the weekend defended his TV son, saying that he didn't believe for one second that Jesse Sage's attack, and he believed very much that, um... Jesse was attacked and that this was um, that the Chicago PD got it wrong. It also came out over the weekend that the the alleged check that Jesse wrote to um, the Nigerian brothers was actually in fact for training and there are text messages to back him up on this. Um, Jesse was actually texting with one of the brothers and the brother said okay like this is you know this is what you're supposed to eat making sure that there were no allergies and Jesse said he had no allergies that he knew of um, but he couldn't have dairy because dairy is hell on the vocal cords and then um from there, it was mostly make sure you're eating right, make sure you get some cardio in, yada, yada, yada. So that really substantiates um, Jesse's claim that he did pay them $3,500, but it was $600 a week for training and $100 per week for... Why is my mind blanking out? Um, nutrition. And allegedly, both brothers testified before the grand jury that Jesse paid them for training and nutrition and not to beat him up. So, okay, this is the newest twist. Everyone was so quick to condemn him when, um, as the media and others started to follow the narrative that he set this up himself, are those people now going to apologize or are they going to continue to believe that he set this up? I don't know. Um, you know, I, I rushed to judgment when I said that people, um, we need to support him and whatever, and that they wouldn't do this just for publicity because it would be it would backfire. And I truly believe if this was ever a publicity stunt, it it would backfire. It would just blow up in everyone's face. 
um, last Thursday, when um, Will and I talked um, about the Jesse Smollett case, we were talking about how um, he he allegedly did it because he wanted to raise from Empire Producers. Well, Empire Producers are like, that's news to us. We He never talked about it. He never said anything to us about wanting a raise or anything like that. And I do need to correct something. I Last week I said he made 65000 per episode. Um, I just got new numbers saying that he was making 125000 per episode. So... That means that um, for him being suspended for these two, for the last two episodes of the season, he's losing $250,000. I mean, that's a shit ton of money. Um, And yes, that is, that is most definitely the scientific term. Uh... Um, but seriously, he's, that's a quarter of a million dollars that he's missing out on. Not to mention, um, the royalties that come with it and from not only the musical numbers that he's losing out on, but also, um, when the show is aired in syndication and on Hulu. So... It, it, when you start to look at it from that angle, it really makes even less sense that he would stage this. But as is the case with this whole mystery, there's yet another twist. Um, Ola, one of the Nigerian brothers actually had a bunch of homophobic tweets. Um, one was about Frank Ocean. Uh, he said to a friend, hey, you're following Frank Ocean, you know that N-word is gay, right? And his friend was like, oh, like I followed him before, you know, all that came out, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But look who's, look who's um, stalking my followers. Or my followers, rather. And Ola was like, no, I, no, Twitter just told me to follow him because you do. And I was like, no, that nigga's gay. And that, that I mean, that would be bad enough. But then there was an isolated tweet It's not connected. There's no ads or anything like that. And the tweet said... You're gay. That's who you are. So now it makes their statement after talking to police where they said, we are not racist, we are not homophobic, and we we are not anti-Trump. We were born and raised in Chicago, and we are American citizens. I think that... Now we have to look at it through a new lens. These are not honest people. And you can... People can claim not to be homophobic all they want. But when their actions prove it, you have to accept it.
and their actions there, the things that they say here, more than prove that they are homophobic. At least Ola is. Because why does it matter if Frank Ocean is gay? If you're a fan of his and you want to follow him on social media, you do it. I don't care if he sucks dick or sleeps with women or whatever he wants to do. That's his choice. I, you know, there's something there. And I I do think that um, the brothers beat up on Jesse. I don't know why, though. Um, I've, I have a... I've heard a theory, um, I'm just going to share a little bit of it because, um, Mary T wants to, um, do a segment with me on this. So if you're listening, Mary T, I love you, and come on and do the segment with me. Um, but, so the, the theory that she came up with, in part, is, um... It was a basically a hookup gone bad with one of that with one of the Nigerian brothers and Jesse, and they did you know, obviously, they were his personal trainer, and they wanted the money to keep rolling in, so they didn't want to wreck his face, but they wanted to send a clear message, and I think that's what they did. Um, but as is usual, we are going to stay on top of this very twisted story and bring you all the latest as soon as we can. For now, I'm going to go. Um, we have follow-ups to three exclusives today. <laughs> um, and we are we're, we're going to work on bringing you more. Um, thank you so much for listening and making this such a fun job for me. And until next time, cheers. Cheers.